I wasn't freaked out. It was really a, a weight off my shoulders, and I already had this. And I'm like, all right, this is my this is my ticket to make this happen. You know, to put full time into it and see what I can do. Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mason. Today's episode is pretty unique because we're recording, for the first time ever for me, from a boat. Literally a boat out in the ocean. And let me tell you why we're doing that. Um, back in October, I went to the Outdoor Media Summit, which was you know this big gathering of all sorts of media in the outdoor industries, from you know PR companies to journalists to podcasters and writers and everything else. Um, and, and I gave a talk on podcasting, and Angie was going to give a talk too, but she wasn't able to. Um, and so, so I got in to know her a little bit at the Outdoor Media Summit. And by the way, her show, uh, the Women Angler and Adventurer Podcast, uh, has won Outdoor Media Summit's podcast, Outdoor Podcast of the Year, two years in a row. And we actually won Adventure Sports Podcast won the best podcast episode of the year in the outdoor industry. So I knew Angie as like a really good podcaster, a great podcaster from the beginning because she has won two years in a row now. And so for some reason, we were talking through email a couple months later. This was like last month or the month before. And we were talking about, you know, um, <clears throat> getting together for an interview or something or just do, doing, a, doing a recording of some sort. And she mentioned, yeah, I uh, spend my winners down in a small town in Florida. And I was like, no way. I actually just moved down there uh, last year. Uh, what what town are you in? And she says the town, and it's a small town. And I said, you, you got to be kidding me. That's the town I moved to. And I'm like, where are you in the town? And she mentions this little area. And I said, that's like three blocks from me. And so she spends her winters, no joke, a, a couple blocks from where I live. And so we both say, oh, you know, this is meant to be, we have to get together and record a podcast interview and, you know, share the audio or be on each other's shows, something. And so when she got down and got settled, uh, we, we scheduled it. And so last week we had a conversation about just her story about going from the music industry in Nashville to full-time uh, pursuing her passions in the outdoors, um, you know, pursuing her passion in podcasting. So even if you don't, you know, you're not a woman and a woman that fishes, you can learn so much from Angie because it, the principles apply no matter what you're doing. Um, you know, doing something you love on the side while you maintain a career and then your career disappears and having to do that full time and wanting to having that opportunity. So uh, it was a very fascinating talk. And she works for uh, Freedom Boat Club too, uh, that rents boats. So we decided to rent one of the boats, drive out to the ocean and just out and sit out there and float and record a podcast episode. It was absolutely fantastic. There were birds flying by, there were dolphins in the water right next to us. It was, it was the coolest interview I've ever done. Um, location especially I've ever done. So pretty fun. And uh, my mic actually goes out a little bit. There was no issue with hers, no issue with any technology as far as like uh, being out there. It was literally just a bad connection between my mic and the cord that goes into it, which I have had trouble with. So it just, 
I wasn't checking it out there. Um, and so I, that bit me in the butt, but anyway, you don't hear that really towards the end and I cleaned it up the best I could, but don't let that take away from the fact that we're out in the water recording an awesome episode about adventure sports and about living a life um, without compromise and living your life to the fullest. So enjoy the conversation. Check out all of Angie's stuff. It's in the show notes. Let's go ahead and jump in. All right, folks, welcome to uh, welcome to Adventure Sports Podcast. Today, today we're living up to our name a little bit. This is we're on an adventure. We're on a boat with Angie Scott of the Women Angler and Adventurer Podcast, yes. uh, and Sophie, um, and Dana. Well, hey, welcome everybody. We're on a pontoon boat. How's it going, Angie? Hey, you can't beat this. Uh, let me tell you, <laughs> beautiful day. We're on the water. We're on a great platform, a pontoon boat, uh, just chatting about adventure. It's awesome. This beats the heck out of uh, out of my back porch <laughs> <laughs> with my neighbor's lawnmower. Running. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is awesome. Well, we've got a couple athletic brews. We're literally on a boat on the Manatee River in Palmetto. Um, crack mine open. Yeah, here. I'm going to crack mine open, too. I've got running wild. you got upside down. Mm. Well, I tell you what. So what are, what are y'all doing here? just in this area so i'm i'm pretty fortunate just a quick background on myself um originally from minnesota i grew up fishing and outdoors up there and then uh one of my dreams was uh to work in the music industry and so i was i was either going to go music industry or outdoors like natural resources something like that because i love the outdoors Ultimately, I chose to go for the music industry because, um, I don't know, that's just what my passion was at the time. And so that's what brought me to Nashville, Tennessee. And that's where I'm based out of now. And I worked in the music business for 16 years. It was awesome. But after 16 years of sitting at a desk with uh, most of the time, most of my career, I had a windowless office. And me being such an outdoors person, that was really starting to wear on me. And so I started thinking, what can I do to shift my career to so I can be outside or not stuck behind a desk all the time? I mean, don't get me wrong, going to concerts at night and meeting cool people, like all that was great. But I just didn't want to wake up at 65 and have sat behind a desk my whole life, you know? Well, you're, 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 you fix that today at least. <laughs> yeah. Today we're at least not in a windowless office. We are in a windowless office. Well, but it's the opposite. <laughs> right. There's no, the there's, there's no roof office. or nothing. Yeah. Well, so what kind of a music industry, 16 years, I actually didn't know that. What, what, uh, what kind of music? And what did, what were the kind of, was it management? Was it just yeah. being a part? Was it performance? What was it? Um, so I went to school that there were, there were schools actually in the Nashville area that have music business programs. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that existed at the time I started college up in Minnesota and just happened to stumble across that. And I'm like, well, that's what I want to do. So I need to transfer, go to one of these schools with a, you know, specific in music industry program. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just studied business. And whereas, like, most people have their musical heroes, you know, like 
um, Van Halen or, you know, whoever. My musical heroes were, like, the music business people that, the like, the record label presidents and stuff like that. And That's so, who you had on posters yeah, on your wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, I graduated, just happened to get lucky, and I went to a temp agency. There was a company called Creative Artists Agency that was looking for a temp position, and while I was there at the temp agency, they were like, hey, we have an opportunity for an interview for you if you want to go across town and talk to these people at Creative Artists Agency. I'd never heard of them before, um, but I went. They offered me the job. I called one of my professors that night. I'm like, I don't know if I should take this job. And he said, take it. Wow, that's <laughs> and, uh, awesome. Creative Artists Agency is one of the biggest booking agency, talent agencies in the world. So they're based out of LA or Beverly Hills. They do um, acting. Uh, now they do sports. They're the biggest sports agency. So my hands were in all of that. But my day job was I was the head of the contracts department for the booking side of the business. So anytime we book concerts, I handled all the paperwork and collecting the money and stuff like that. So we had like Tim McGraw, anywhere I, from, I you know, interact with a lot of big names. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Any, you know, Tim McGraw, Martina McBride, Reba, Taylor. I got to go to Taylor Swift's 16th birthday party. Are you serious? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How was just, that? Just ridiculous. I mean, you know, she was just getting really getting started at yeah, that time. 16, I mean, she 16. was still kind of the thing at that point but still very young and uh so it was a bit it was pretty low-key she had like a photo booth and it was fun you know but wow. i remember i think she got a pink pickup truck as her 16th birthday present <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a pretty cool story actually being able to go to her birthday yeah. party i mean that's i don't know I don't, yeah i don't know anyone that's ever been to taylor swift's birthday <laughs> so any any interesting uh I don't know, surprising things to know about any celebrities. Anybody, I know you don't want to probably throw too much shade Everyone's anybody. been really cool that I met. Um, I've heard stor negative stories about certain people, and when I've met them, that, that's just not been the case. I think I think it comes down to everybody has bad days. Oh, yeah. And yeah. if somebody crosses paths with a celebrity who happens to be having a bad day, then that's the story that gets spread around yeah. and you hear, you know? I'm sure there are horrible people um, out there, you know, that are difficult to work with. I don't deny that. But for the most part, everyone that I've met has been just phenomenal. One of the coolest stories was because uh, we're we're in the music industry. We don't get to hang out with movie stars that often. Okay, yeah. And so anytime we cross paths with movie stars, that was kind of special for us, you know. A little starstruck. But yeah, Tim yeah. McGraw, you know, whatever. Yeah, I see yeah, him all yeah. the time. <laughs> but so Billy Bob Thornton has a band called the Box Masters and uh, we booked his band. And so he came to the office a couple times and um, he's super cool. Like you'd think he's, you know, really weird. You hear all these bizarre stories about him and stuff he's just the most laid back like we took him out to a bar at downtown nashville and just you know public was coming up to him and he treated everybody just like they were his best friend so it's really cool that's really cool so 16 years of that yep what finally was like all right i need to i need to change course because on this show just like i'm sure you know but people a lot of people that feel that way heck i feel that way mm -hmm. sometimes where it's like how do I do more of this, what we're right. doing right now, talking to cool people 
on the water. How do I do more of this versus what I'm doing behind the desk all the time? Yeah. What, what happened? I think the big catalyst for me was, uh, so I had a motorcycle for a while. That was kind of my outdoor escape. You know, that wind in your hair, kind of the freedom. And it as Nashville started growing more and more and more and getting more populated, I started getting more scared. But, you know, riding the motorcycle with all this traffic, yeah. That, and so I was like, you know what, I don't know. Once you start to feel scared, that's probably the time that you need to get rid of it and do something else. And I... I've been thinking about getting a boat for a while. Um, there's all these great lakes right right outside of Nashville that I hadn't been taking advantage of. I've been just, you know, so immersed in the music industry and, and doing that stuff that I started, like, fishing a little bit from the shore. And I'm like, why haven't I been doing this the whole time? Because I love the outdoors so much, and this is so great. So I finally I sold the motorcycle and bought a little pontoon boat. And... The, as I started getting out on the water more and more, I was like, this is what I need to be doing. This is, you know, how can I shift my career from what I'm doing now to something completely different, which is, you know, outdoors. So that's where I got the idea to start the Woman Angler and Adventure podcast. And I thought, you know, if I can kind of do this on the side and see where it leads and maybe build it into something to where I could eventually... Uh, leave my job and and do this full time. As you probably know, that's not necessarily a a realistic. <laughs> you got to give it venture. a shot, but yeah, it can be tough. Yeah. So, so you started the show while you were still working in the industry. Yep. See, yep. I I like that because a lot of people dream about the day where they cut everything off and start something new. But for a lot of us, that's just not going to how it how how it's going to work. You got to start it and have it going on the side and then make that transition slowly. Yep. I'm not always, sometimes it is instantly, but that's been, that's stressful when that happens. It can be stressful. I, I like having it as a hobby almost on the side, right. a passion. So, so how was it going? Did it provide that outlet you were looking for? It did, but not in the way I expected it to. Okay. So, um, and it, the decision kind of got made for me, too, at, at one point. So one of the other reasons I started the podcast, too, is because I was the head of the contracts department, and I know that they had already phased out the contracts department in our L.A. office. Right. And so that kind of gave me an inkling. Mm, that's probably coming down the line for me in Nashville at some point. So that was another reason why I was like, I better start working to build something else, you know. Yeah. So when that time comes, I have something to fall back on. What, what were they doing with contracts then? Was it just automated? Um, a lot of it was getting automated. Technology was improving. but And, and then the agent's assistants were just kind of taking over and handling all that day-to-day -day interaction. So, um, so I saw that coming. And, of course, lo and behold, one day it happened. And so... You know, it was kind of like a weight off my shoulders, though. Really? You know? So you, you, I mean, what was that conversation like? Like, bring you into the room and yeah, pretty say, hey, much. you're let go. And yep. what, did you, what did you feel initially? Uh, I'm sure some fear. I was, oh, yeah. I was a little shocked just because I, I knew it was coming, but it came sooner than I expected it to. So I was a little bit shocked in that regard. Um, but... You know, and you know, I, when you've been at a place for 16 years, and then one day you just get called in, and then boom, it's over. But 
I wasn't freaked out. It was really a, a weight off my shoulders, and I already had this. And I'm like, all right, this is my this is my ticket to make this happen. You know, to put full time into it and see what I can do. That afforded me to be able to go to like the Bassmaster Classic and network with a lot of the industry people, have more guests on my podcast, meet more people. I mean, it just really um, helped grow everything a lot more rapidly. And, you know, and I had some built up to fall back on. So it wasn't like I was going to be screwed financially, you know, so it all kind of worked out. And, and one thing led to another. And like I said, it didn't work out the way I, I imagined with like the podcast making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Anyways. (laughs) But, um, I got my captain's license over that time and, uh, now I've got my master captain's license actually just got in the mail yesterday. So I upgraded. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. So, and I didn't know why I got my captain's license. I just knew like, you know, maybe I could be a guide or take people out on cruises and stuff like that on the side of doing the podcast. And, you know, that'd be a, a real way to generate income. And I was at the Nashville boat show doing a live episode for the Woman Angler and Adventure podcast. I invited a lot of ladies in the area that fish competitively to be featured on this live podcast. They have this big fish tank called the Hog Trough that they do demonstrations and stuff. So we had everybody line up there. We had, you know, our microphones set up and we had a little bit of an audience. And at that show is where I was talking to one of our Tennessee Fish and Wildlife people uh we call it the the twra tennessee wildlife resources i was talking to this lady i knew from that um and she said you know you need to talk to freedom boat club they're expanding growing in nashville and they're looking for licensed captains to do their new member trainings and i was like well that's perfect i got my captain's license you know so i went talked to them met with them a few times one thing led to another and i started doing all the new member trainings and that was in 2020 so no kidding well what do they think about do you you bring up what you do with the women english podcast sometimes or was it a conversation or like hey i'm involved in the industry yeah no they were aware of my podcast and they're super supportive um they actually came on to sponsor me i decided to fish competitively myself this past year in in 2021 on the women's pro bass tour so they sponsored all my entry fees and we got a a wrapped boat and the whole deal so they've been super cool yeah which is cool because you never know you never know where it's going to end up you know i had no idea i was going to end up in brewing but you just start going and uh, you, you see where it goes you see where the path leads so you started the podcast and uh, w- what kind of things were you talking about early on? How has it changed since then? Um, so funny you say that. When I first, very first started the podcast, I started it as a show called It Pays to Fish. Kind of selfishly because I was looking for ideas because I was still working in the music industry at the time. Looking for like career ideas, uh, what I could do in the fishing industry. And there's a lot more you can do in the fishing industry than just being a guide or being a tournament angler. And so I was looking for people that were kind of outside of the box. And like, you, you probably knew that from music industry. People probably 
put you in a bucket of performer or agent and that's it yeah but there's a lot to it yeah they like when i tell people i worked in the music industry the second question is oh what instrument do you play (laughs) keyboard yeah (laughs) i mean i do play a little bit of guitar but not not good enough to be a yeah so i had this guy casey scott he's a marine artist and he does all the artwork for hook gear no, no relation. Yeah. That might have helped me get the interview with him, though, when he saw the last name. I'm not sure. Um, and then I had uh, a YouTube person and somebody who invented an app for tournaments, you know, just different things. Then I had this lady on who runs this group up in Wisconsin called Wisconsin Women Fish. And I started thinking, I'm like, you know, there's not really any platforms out here right now for women in fishing to like, or the outdoors or hunting or what, whatever at that time to share their stories and kind of inspire others. And that gave me the idea to kind of transition the show because I don't know if you're familiar, there's, there's already a couple guys down here that have a show called Salt Strong. And, you know, they have a podcast and theirs was kind of similar already where they do different things, but they were also featuring people make like disrupting the fishing industry making a a career in it and so I thought you know there's already that not that there's not room for everybody but I was like there's not something right now for women and so that's when I decided to transition it to the woman angler and adventure podcast and the whole mission of the show is just to share stories of women who are doing awesome things and fishing in the outdoors in order to inspire others to get more involved and uh this year, I've decided to take it a little step further. I'm going to add an extra monthly episode series. So the podcast comes out weekly on Tuesdays. Um, but this year, I'm going to add an extra episode a month called One Day at a Time, which is actually based off of a song I did write. One day, that, <laughs> what, yeah, what song? It, it's, uh, it was recorded by this artist called Ricky Lee out of Pennsylvania. So not not nationally known song, but uh, he put it out on Spotify and Apple and, and oh, YouTube. That's awesome. uh, but it's called One Day at a Time by Ricky Lee. But anyway, the song is just about taking it one day at a time. And it's really inspiring. And there's so many ladies I know right now in the fishing industry that are struggling with like health issues and, you know, mental health issues and stuff like that, that want to share their stories to help others. And so I thought having this at least once a month series to kind of give a platform to that conversation specifically would be uh, hopefully impactful. So that's that's one thing I'm going to be doing in uh, going into 2022. Jeez, there's so many there's so many things I want to ask now. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned starting the show wasn't what you thought it would be when you started. Like, oh, it's going to provide this income and whatnot. What has been like? one of the most valuable aspects of hosting a podcast and getting to talk to all these people? I mean, more than making any kind of money, which I barely make enough just to pay the monthly expenses, if that actually, you know, but far greater than that has just been all the connections I've made with people all over the country. Um, I feel like I can pretty much travel anywhere now and have somebody that like wants to take me out fishing or you know whatever um this past year I started the 
we got a truck camper that we travel around in so we can pull the boat and we wrapped it we call it the woman angler mobile podcast studio so as we travel i try to get together with ladies on the road and interview them and and do stories and i think that would be the ultimate dream right there to just be able to travel around travel around yeah oh my god i mean how awesome how does it work as a as a spot a studio uh, it works really well. The only problem is, uh, you know, if, if we're off grid and it's really hot, we need to run the generator. That's a little loud. Um, so it's better to kind of do things outside. But if we're hooked up, you know, somewhere, it's it's great. It's perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and, it, and it's perfect. You know, I tell people because the show is an adventure show, you know, we get guests from all over the world in random places, terrible Wi-Fi, whatever. Um, it's an adventure, and so, you know, it, it, it's almost like handcrafted. It just kind of adds to it because it is a show about adventure. We get people in some random places. And same with you. That's why you have adventure in your name, I'm sure. Yeah, I think some of my most popular episodes are when we're on location outside. I've done episodes actually fishing on the boat with, like, a captain, and we're talking and having a conversation. You can hear all the, you know, the water hitting the boat and... Oh, somebody's got a fish on, you know, like those are some of the most popular episodes. <laughs> so what's been uh, some of your favorite episodes, maybe your favorite types of fishing? Because you've talked about people doing stuff all over the world, all kinds of fishing. What's been some that have really stuck out to you? Um, one cool one recently, I met this lady at the uh, Bassmaster Classic. Her name escapes me right now, but... It's a weird name. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> escapes me right now um but she just her life she and her husband just travel around trying to break world records and she holds like yeah like what like Like species yeah type of tackle you use to catch a specific type of species like there's records for all that and so they pick out what they want to go after and then they figure out how to do it and then they make that their mission and and she's got like 20 some world records at this point so i love that that, because you know we tell people on the show that you know adventure is just the framework for the stories for the memories You, you sometimes you need a reason to go somewhere and make something happen you know whether that's a trip to um, go fishing somewhere, to go paddleboard or to go biking somewhere. You, you need that goal to actually make the adventure happen. That's just how we motivate ourselves. Um, so, you know, that, that's perfect what you were just saying. Well, what's another story that has stuck out to you? Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Mason. If you don't know, Kurt is the former host of Adventure Sports Podcast. Kurt, I heard you had a little story for us. Okay, true story. A couple of years ago, I decided it was finally time to get just the right ski for me. But ski technology changes so quickly, and I really didn't know what I needed, so I just went to Powder 7, and I told them my skier ability, how I wanted to ski to perform in the pow and on the corduroy and in the bumps, and they pointed at a ski in the wall and said, I think this is the one for you. Of course, they showed me several others and told me how they would differ, but in the end, they said, but based on what you said, this is probably the one. I have never had as much fun on a ski as the one that they recommended for me. So if you're going to buy new skis, why not buy the right ones for you? And to do that, go to Powder 7. They really know what they're talking about. 
And I also wanted to add, they have pretty much perfected the art of buying skis online too. So even if you're not in the area, they have a very robust website, extremely helpful. And the cool thing too, they do sell a lot of used demo skis. So I know we on the show are always looking for deals. Um, that's a great way to save a little money if uh, budget's tight right now. So definitely check out Powder 7 by going to powder7.com. Again, that's powder the number 7com I am someone that's not quite smart enough or going to take the time to figure out all the things that my body needs nutritionally. Um, And so I kind of like a a cheat code of, of sorts, almost something that can just get me what I need without me having to think about it. And that's why I'm actually very excited to be talking about Athletic Greens because they have a daily powder that you can mix with water called AG1 that has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. I just do it early in the day, get it done with, and it makes you just feel more accomplished. I feel better. I have more energy. And no matter if you're on a special diet like keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever— It doesn't interfere with any of that. Athletic Greens has figured it out because you could not afford this trying to put those 75 ingredients together yourself. They make it even easier by throwing in a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free Athletic Green AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash ASP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash ASP to take ownership over your health, pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. Um, gosh, there's been so many, to be honest with you. Um, there's this lady, Catherine Fields, that um, she pretty much started from not really knowing anything about bass fishing and she she just decided one day she was going to become a a bass tournament angler uh, uh, from a kayak and so she bought a kayak just started going out and started signing up for these tournaments and now like that's her whole life that's all she does she just travels all year long I love following her on social media because she's always on the road and she's just tournament fishing like (laughs) Her whole life, and she's getting really good at it. Wow! So, from a kayak. Yeah. From now, a how kayak. how for folks that don't know, how bizarre is that, or how it's it's is that? actually growing. Uh, it's huge. It it's getting really big in in popularity. Kayak fishing for bass. So, um, Hobie has a whole kayak tournament trail now for bass fishing and um, lots of people are gravitating towards it because it's a little bit more accessible oh, than yeah. you know having to own a $80,000 bass boat and <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> I mean these kayaks don't get me wrong they can still be pretty pricey <laughs> you do want to be uh, cognizant of the weather <laughs> that's yeah a little bit more so just because you can't just zoom on back into the ramp if something comes up and that was another story i've i interviewed this lady up in crystal river um jacinda rose is her name and she had a pretty harrowing story about getting caught out in a pretty bad lightning storm in her kayak yeah so that is something to consider but you know it is it is definitely uh, a lot less to think about for sure than taking a boat 
And, and I will say there's plenty of times I say, oh man, look at that island over there. I'd love to go explore that. But, you know, being in a kayak, it's like, it's like being on a bike. It's like, well, it's a little bit farther than if I was in a car or on a boat. Um, so there is there is that downside too. But um, so, so for you, how has the show evolved over time? Um, it's... I- well, production quality, I feel like, has gotten a little bit better. I've, I've learned a few things over the years that, you know, have made the sound quality improve and whatnot. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it's pretty much stayed the same uh, focus. Is just there's, so, there's no end to how many ladies out there. Like, I always worry, oh, I'm going to run out of potential people to feature on the show. Oh, yeah. No, there is absolutely no end to it. So, um that's that's been great you know i never have to worry about getting to the bottom of the barrel so no, to speak no, no. well hopefully it's it's more and more people all the time are entering uh, the, the community yes it's been growing quite a bit since i started the show i've noticed um and watching you know social media and stuff like that and i think the image has changed a little bit too because i, I kind of remember when i first started the show and i was looking at women in fishing on social media and a lot of them were those ones in their bikinis, you know, out there and that sort of thing. And that's really, that, yeah, yeah. that's really changed quite a bit. Now you're seeing more, not, I mean, not that these ladies aren't real, but more relatable, I guess, women out there doing it. And so, you know, that's good to see because I think that helps for other women interested in getting involved to see that as opposed to, you know, it's kind of unrealistic image they can relate more to that and that's going to be more encouraging that to them to want to they're like oh she can do it i can do it kind of a thing so what is the most maybe common barrier you hear from uh from women anglers or potential women anglers because you're obviously talking specifically to women through your show um and you saw this as something that wasn't being addressed in the podcasting world what is it specifically or, or what do you hear the most from women about getting into fishing yeah i think it's a big thing is just not knowing where to start honestly it's like uh if 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 they don't know somebody in their immediate circle who's really into it that they're comfortable with like asking questions and um you know saying hey will you take me out or show me or you walk into a bass pro shop these days and it's like unlimited options of tackle and equipment and especially here where you've got different so many different types yeah here especially yeah i mean you you know are you freshwater fishing are you offshore fishing are you inshore are you going in the river like you know what are you targeting spear fishing yeah you get into all, all kinds of different stuff absolutely there's so many options so that's that's a barrier um i think there's it, it's changing in that there's more groups out there now that women can turn to if they're comfortable with that. There's becoming an outdoors wo- women, woman group that, you know, offers classes and things like that that people can sign up for. There's uh, d- different, you know, co-ed groups, women's groups, so you can you know, search for people and, and learn that way or on social media, connecting with somebody in your area that, that does it, that's willing to help. And I think most anybody's willing to teach somebody, you know, if, if you approach them. And for you, what would you say your biggest 
you know, reason is for fishing or the reason you tell people to do it, like the biggest benefit they'll get from their life? For me, it's, it's just that release when you're out there in nature and you, you've got something to focus on, you're fishing, you forget about everything else, you know, and that's all that matters in that moment. And I think everybody should have something like that in their lives, whether it's fishing, whether it's you play golf, you know, whatever it is for you that gives you that escape, that's, that's super important. And so that's why I fish. And if somebody relates to that and is drawn to it, then you sh- you should by all means pursue that passion. Mm, so true. We, we tell folks that all the time, do, do whatever's going to get you out there and it might change over time too. And so for you, having to, you know, having talked to so many people who've done so many types of fishing, um, and having done so many yourself, is there a particular kind or style of fishing that you like the best or you find the most enjoyable? I, I love it all. I mean, though I grew up walleye fishing, so that's always going to hold a special place in my heart. Anytime I get a chance to do some walleye fishing, I've gotten to take some trips up to Lake Erie, and that's been a lot of fun, either casting or trolling for walleye. I love inshore fishing. That's why I love being able to come down here to Florida over the winter time, and because you never know what you're going to catch. I mean, just in the few weeks I've been here, I've been catching speckled trout. I got a nice snook the other day. Uh, uh, so Jack Jack Creval, which they fight so hard, even if they're small, like those are super fun. Um, so. I love. I don't get to do it often enough, but for the same reason, I love offshore fishing because you never know what you're gonna get, and they tend to be like really big fish sometimes, which is a lot of fun. So I just love it all. And of course, competitive bass fishing—that's been fun. I'm gonna do it again in 2022, and it, it's just a challenge, you know. And you're competing against. For me, these women that I compete against, most of them have been doing it for 20 plus years. And wow. so it's it's definitely a challenge. <laughs> Jeez. So so I actually want to ask more about that. Um, you know, wh- when did it become a goal for you to become a professional fishing, you know, tournament fisher or whatever? Um, when did that become a goal, and, and how do you begin even pursuing that? It actually came from the podcast because I interviewed one of the founders of the Lady Bass Anglers Association on one of my episodes, and she was just talking about how accessible it is and how these ladies, it's an all-women's tour, and they're all super supportive, and they're there to help you and teach you if you don't know what you're doing, like nobody's going to make you feel stupid, you know, and so that was kind of what drew me to the idea and I, you know, started thinking about it more and more and more. And I had this opportunity with Freedom Boat Club. Uh, at the time, I had a tritune, which would be pretty unconventional to fish a bass tournament with. Um, not not undoable by any means, but it would be pretty unconventional. Um, I still fish from an unconventional boat, though. I have a center console Key West. Uh, with a t-top actually for bass fishing fishing. freshwater yeah yeah that is unconventional I mean I can still get in like really shallow water and like I haven't had any issues with with any of that my only issue I've had with it personally has been the t-top there's been some bridges on some of the lakes we fish that have been too low for me to get under 
so it's kind of limited me um so in fact the first tournament we're fishing this year is the same lake we fished last year for our first tournament and there's definitely a couple bridges there that i can't get under so i'm gonna have to like adjust my game plan now that i you know this it's not really one of those removable ones it's kind of permanent so i'm gonna have to adjust my game plan and just knowing that this is this is this the part area. of the lake i can fish so <laughs> yeah yeah i would say that is a little bit uh unique but hey you're you're going down but a hey, unique path here I absolutely mean, <laughs> go go where no one's gone before and leave a trail yeah so, so so how did you do how did how did this season go for you so my first year as a pro i only fished one tournament with them as a co-angler and that was the last tournament the year before just to kind of get my feet wet and see how everything kind of worked um this year i finished in 12th in the angler of the year points so that qualified me the top 15 make it to the classic so i was able to make it to the classic at the end of the year fish the championship ironically finished 12th in the championship too so okay. i guess 12 was my number for <laughs> 2021 yeah just a dozen just a dozen right well yeah. you got you got best outdoor podcast at yeah. the outdoor media summit so 12th there in first place uh, out, hey. outdoor media yeah that that's something special um and that was the second year in a row actually yep. so so that was pretty so, cool so so one you've got once twice so another 12 there so, <laughs> yeah there yeah, you go something about 12. <laughs> you know, maybe you need to go to get a lotto ticket out yeah here. Um, every everyone that fishes has a story of the one that got away is there <laughs> one for you that, that of yes. the one or some that have gotten away well one that immediately pops into my mind is uh the the last tournament of the year before the classic we were on the cane river in louisiana and it was hot it was like 114 degrees water temp was like in the 90s so these fish were lethargic i couldn't figure out how to get get a bite to save my life like wow. all practice <laughs> we're drifting very close to a channel marker i'm gonna jump up and push <laughs> if i had to yeah yeah i think we're oh good. good um so we're fishing the cane river in louisiana and it's super hot fish are lethargic i can't get a bite to save my life and i mean a couple good fish and you're gonna do all right in the tournament okay. is okay. pretty much what it was coming down to some of the ladies did get it figured out and you know again these are these ladies that have been fishing for 20 years that have way more experience than i do but um i last day of the final day of the tournament is day two final hours I still had not caught anything to weigh in and it was just it was just crushing my soul <laughs> I'm like what is going on here I uh, got a little bird's nest in my bait caster so I, my line was out there and I was pulling the bird's nest out and I got it so I started reeling in and next thing I knew I had a big fish hooked on so I was reeling it back up to you know recast well the fish had wrapped itself around a post like a dock post and it almost happened in a blink of eye no sooner I, I literally I saw the fish knew I had a big fish on saw it was wrapped around the dock post and it came off <laughs> could you see it at all so, could you see out there yeah I mean I saw the fish and it was good size yeah 
And so that was that was heartbreaking. I mean, I don't know if there's anything I could have done about it because it all happened so quickly. Maybe I could have been paying a little more attention when I was getting that bird's nest out. But yeah, that was actually I take it back. That was actually the end of day one. And so day two, about the same time, I went back to that same little dock and tried to see, you know, see if it was still there. But I couldn't get get anything to bite. Oh, my so. gosh. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, that was a heartbreaking. Any stories like that from a personal just catching fish not in a tournament? Yeah, I've got one. Um, I was out just fun fishing on our lake. We actually stay on a houseboat on, a, on Percy Priest Lake outside of Nashville. And when I had the tritune, we had gone out just kind of fun fishing, just leisurely. And uh, Dana was actually with me when this happened. I hooked into something huge. And I don't know, I, I never did get to see it. And I think that's the biggest heartbreaker of all, at least if I had gotten to see what it was. Because to this day, I have no idea if it was a catfish, a striper, the world record largemouth like i have no idea all i know is it was huge and it busted my line oh my god and gosh. i was shaking <laughs> yeah, she i might have cried <laughs> that sounds that is awesome so y'all live on a houseboat when did that start was that while you were in the music industry it, yeah i was still in the music industry i i was living in east nashville and my roommate at the time, she decided that uh, she wanted to maybe start adopting kids and like kind of start a family or whatever. And so I'm like, well, that ain't going to work. <laughs> a friend of mine had talked about living on a houseboat. And I was like, that would be really cool because I've always wanted to live on the water. But I hate having to upkeep, like do, you know, mow the lawn and... <laughs> So when we got a yard, I was like, I, I'm not mowing. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be spending my time doing that. But my wife loves to mow. So that actually works out really well. Um, but I, I don't want to be spending my time doing that stuff. But I end up wasting it in other ways. You know, there's always projects going on. So Same. So, yeah, every weekend with the house, I was either mowing the lawn or doing this and that, pulling weeds, you know. And I was like, man, if I lived on a houseboat, I don't have to do any of that stuff and I'm on the water which is what I want and so that's that's when I started looking into that and I just found the perfect option just one of those meant to be things everything just fell into place that's and how you know that you you're going the right way yeah yeah Cause I, you know we've tried to do things different lifestyles and we're trying too hard and it makes it miserable, you yeah. know what I mean? So you kind of realize that's not the way you need to go. So yep. the fact that it worked out like that. So how, how how was it getting used to that? It was a lot easier than I thought. Um, I envisioned I was going to have to sell everything and it was going to be like living moving into a tiny house. Yeah, yeah. It's not like that at all. Like we have so much storage the whole hull of the boat underneath is like pretty much open besides like duck work and a couple holding tanks and stuff. So there's tons of storage. Um, it's a 66 foot by 14 foot wide Somerset houseboat. has got three bedrooms, one and a half baths, upstairs Jeez. like party deck. You know, it's, I couldn't ask for a, a better situation. And, um, that probably the most challenging thing is just having a dog 
and having to walk down the dock to take the dog to land to go potty. That's probably the most challenging thing, which is why we're in Florida in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. So we don't have to walk down that chilly and dock. Sophie seems so laid back. She's yeah. such a good dog. I, I imagine she's about as good as it gets when it comes to having oh, a dog she, on yeah. the boat. Absolutely. She does not like to get wet, which is also probably a good <laughs> okay. thing because she doesn't true. she doesn't want to jump in, so she doesn't get all smelly and <laughs> right. You don't have to wonder well where'd she go. Yeah. She definitely didn't jump in. No. <laughs> but uh, she might fall in on accident, okay. which has not happened yet. Okay, thankfully, good, knock good. on wood. But. <laughs> oh my gosh. So so as far as um, I'm sure people ask this affordability. How does that compare in that area? A houseboat versus uh, a regular house is it comparable or much uh, more expensive somewhat you know you've you've got your slip rent that you have to pay to the marina which depending on where you are can be quite a bit you know we're we're lucky we're probably somewhere middle of the road from what i've seen like down here it can be very expensive as, as you could imagine yeah, <laughs> um imagine. but you know we pay for our electric bill just like you would if you have a house we've got a a heat pump you know, like a household heat pump that you would have. Um, Water is included with our slip rent, so we don't have that bill. You know, we pay for insurance and otherwise, you know, the houseboat. A lot of maintenance? Not too much. We've been lucky so far. We got a really good boat. I mean, it's a 1990 model, but the people that owned it before, like, really kept it up really well, you know, with the motors. And we get, we change the the oil every year and, you know, try to keep up with all that stuff. We winterize it before we come down here just okay. in case, you know, it does get cold, pretty cold in Nashville in the wintertime. Yeah. So. We do, uh, I'm sure it's comparable to, like, an RV or something. Yeah. Like there's moving yeah, parts. You, you take it out at all? we didn't at all this year um we have a little bit of an issue we like to drive it upstairs because you can i think you can see better than driving inside downstairs and the cables there's something wrong with the steering cables up there that they're not not adjusted right and i've been so busy this year that i just haven't had time yeah you know to monkey (laughs) with it. it so we didn't take it out but we're really lucky we're our whole dock we're all like one big family and whenever they take their boats out we'll just take our little center console key west out and tie up with them and hang out you know and and so we still get the experience without having the the worry or you know having to pay for the gas to take the big boat out oh that's awesome i love it so what would you say um I don't know, maybe one of the biggest lessons you've learned going your own path these last... When did you start the show and leave uh, the music industry? Oh, gosh, the year escapes me. I'm on my 217th episode now, so yeah, yeah a little over three years. So well, Three years ago. And you started the show how long before you ended um, your career? It was like a year... A year before I left. Yeah. So time flies. You know how it is. Everything just kind of runs together. And you're like, wow, has it been that long already? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things you thought would just be the biggest worry ever. You can't even remember now. Right. It's, it's yeah. wild. It's um, wild. I mean, I'd say the biggest thing for me, and it, it, it's just go for it. I mean, I've always had that mentality of if if you're scared of it, do it. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, 
I still have to get over my fear of public speaking. Oh, as yeah. a podcast host? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I was supposed to actually present with you at the Outdoor Media Summit. Oh, yeah. On podcasting. And now I think I could do it because now I've seen, I've been there and I kind of see what it's all about. But in my head, I'm picturing like a TED Talk, you know? Yeah, you, it's got to be perfect. <laughs> and I, well, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're all just. But, We're all just floundering up there. <laughs> <laughs> Every other talk I went to was pretty laid back. Yeah. I was nervous as could be. I couldn't tell. You know, I, I was quivering and all that, my voice shaking. And I always get nervous before I get up in front yeah. of people. I've just I've done it so much now that it's like that's just part of it. Right. I mean, heck, there's professional performers. I was just listening to one of my favorite comedians, and um, they were saying that they get just gripped with fear every time they walk out on stage and i'm like this is your career <laughs> how is that and you just realize even the biggest people are, are yeah. feeling it yeah i read a book recently called the five four three two one method i think it's called a rule and um she said the way she deals with it is she uh reframes that nervous energy as excitement so she tries to like train her brain that when she feels that way it's actually she's just excited that's something that I want to try to work on. Yeah. I, how I think about it is like that feeling is a good feeling. Right. But I've never thought about it as like an excitement. But that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Because it's the exact same stuff going on in your body. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So you didn't speak there. But are you are you going to be at the one in Tahoe? I hope this so. Year? This, I guess it's this year now. It's yeah. 2022. I'd love to. I've only been to Tahoe once, and it's been years ago, so I'd love to be come back. And I hear there's some pretty good fishing around there. So. Oh, yeah. So, so it's a heck of a lake there, so yeah. it's got to be something. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if uh, if it works out, maybe we could speak there. Yeah. Tag team, because I, 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 did, I think of the podcast, to me, as a river. Like, that's kind of like the mentality of, like, yeah, going downhill. Great. And that's honestly how I think about it. Like you don't, you, one thing you mentioned, not forcing things, you flow where gravity takes you. You work hard, but you flow where things are making sense and things are moving. Um, and obviously if, 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 if I'm talking about that and you're talking about fishing, it's just going to go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, no, that was a great metaphor. I thought that was, uh, perfect actually. Oh, it's, well, it's the way it's what you've been talking about is like, Hey, you know, you, you. I don't know. You just try and try and try in a certain direction. And if it doesn't work, that doesn't mean you can't work in that industry. It just follow where the river is going. Mm -hmm. you know? I pursued the outdoor sports and bike touring and mountain biking and climbing mountains and whatnot. And now I'm working at a brewery. It's like the most random, but it's the same industry <laughs> in a right. really weird way. And so if you're willing to just go for the ride and see where life takes you, you never know. You might end up on a boat in the middle of the Manatee <laughs> River doing a podcast with people you never met before. <laughs> and it's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I, I tell you what, any other lessons you want to share with folks? Because I know with your show and I know with my show, there's so many people out there that were you behind the desk having a, you know, very blessed, thankful for the career, but right. want something new. And same with my show. A lot of people in great positions are – or people maybe not, and they want to do something a little different. Anything else you feel like sharing with those folks? I mean, it sounds so cliche, but just don't be afraid. You know, put yourself out there. Put it out into the universe. If you don't, if you just hold it in, like, 
it's very likely nothing's going to happen. So start talking about it at least as a very beginning, you know, don't just quit your job and, and start doing it, but start t- telling your friends, Hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? You know, like put it out there. And I think once you do that, if it's meant to be, things start falling into place. Things just fall in, in right in front of you. And you're like, Oh, Maybe I should take this opportunity or maybe I should go ahead and introduce myself to this person. And if things, you know, start falling into place, you know, you're, you're going downstream. I mean, that's working. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. And if you are scared, you're just excited. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, well, well, where can people uh, listen to your show and find out what you're doing? Because you're not just doing the podcast. You're you're competing. You're doing talks. You're doing live episodes, too. Yep. Yep. We started doing some Facebook lives on Monday nights um, featuring some other women and and, uh, another host uh, with that fishes the tour with me, Barbara Harris, uh, kind of taking the lead on that because I'm a little overextended. I'm like, I'll show up on Monday nights. You you set it all up and I'll show up. And that's kind of how that's been going. But i um, super thankful to her. But yeah, the womanangler.com website, you can find the podcast. Of course, we're on all the major podcast platforms. Um, and then as far as following like my journey, I post some stuff on the Woman Angler Instagram. Kind of doubles as a little bit of a personal slash podcast same, yeah. kind of a thing. Um, and I'm pretty open on Facebook, too. So if you just search for Angie Scott on Facebook, it's, uh, I think, slash the Woman Angler. Come up, connect with me there. Um, you can follow all everything pretty much on Facebook. So haven't really gotten into the TikTok and all that just yet. It's like, man, Instagram, Facebook, that's... That's a lot. It's plenty. It's plenty of social media. <laughs> yeah. You get on everything, you won't ever go fishing. I know. Yeah. You know? It's like I need to hire a team at that point and no. <laughs> I no, I, I I totally agree. That's enough social media. Yep. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun.